0: This is the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And you're listening to a Testimony Talk. On our Testimony Talks, we get a chance to hear from someone who has taken the steps and applied them to their own life. This gives us the opportunity to see how the program works and to gain hope that we might have similar experiences. Hey, everybody, welcome to our testimony talk here today. Today, I'm going to be uh, kind of interviewing myself again. Uh, it kind of occurred to me uh, that. A lot of folks here in our program, and and I see it a lot in a lot of other meetings, is uh, folks that come into the program struggling with drugs and alcohol and uh, maybe don't continue on their recovery. Uh, They're maybe more sobriety-minded and don't think past that, or maybe haven't had the capacity to think about that, or don't even really know the difference between recovery or sobriety. And so I thought that it would be uh, Prudent to have a conversation with you guys, share a little bit more about my story. Uh, you can go back and hear a little bit more about my story, how I came into the program, how I started in the program. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about what it's been uh, 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 since I've quit using drugs and alcohol. What's a, What's my life look like or what does the program look like now for me, um, having not uh, been using drugs and alcohol for a while. So um, I I hope that this is useful for you guys. I'd love to hear from you on this. Uh, But yeah, so uh, again, my name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. So last time on the podcast where I shared about my story, I I shared about that drugs and alcohol portion. And uh, as you would probably notice, I share towards the end of that, um, I share that I struggle with pride. Now, that's not the only thing, uh, the only other thing that I struggle with, but it is uh, that one that kind of encompasses a lot of uh, my different types of struggles. So to kind of just jump off the idea here, when I first came into the program, uh, I had somebody tell me that, uh, or maybe somebody said it, I'm not exactly sure, but the idea was that drugs and alcohol weren't my problem, they were my solution, and that was my problem. So, the idea here is that as I've progressed through the years, I've had, I needed some type of coping mechanism to go through life, to to deal with the ups and the downs and the in betweens and everything else. And so, what I did and what I developed over the years is a dependency on drugs and alcohol. So, when I came into the program, or rather, maybe even before I got into the program, I had this thinking that. My, my entire issue was that I was using drugs and alcohol, and if I could just stop doing that, then things would get much better. The problem is, though, is that once I came into the program, and, and if you listened last time, you know that I've experienced uh, some relapses. Once I came to the program, I came to realize that once I stopped drinking and drugging, I still have an issue. There's still things that come up. My life isn't all perfect whenever I'm not uh, drunk or high. Uh, It's a little bit better. I might not get into the same type of problems and circumstances as I was when I wasn't using, um, but I wasn't experiencing that uh, peace and happiness and and joyfulness and that serenity uh, that the program has to offer. So I came into the program. I experienced a little bit of clean time And uh, as I kind of uh, go up over the years, and and I think it was probably around uh, two years, maybe three years um, sober from drugs and alcohol, I began looking at other areas of my life and and looking, okay, what what might prove to be um, ineffective in my way of living? What takes away from me being able to uh, live out, God's plan for my life, and what takes away from me uh, being loving to other people. Um, it kind of came at a really interesting time where I, I got a chance to, to speak with, with my pastor, and, and uh, I had just heard a testimony uh, who came and, and shared at our Celebrate Recovery on a Monday night. Um, By the way, just kind of as a, a sidebar here, this is what's so great about testimonies is that if we're willing to have open minds and open hearts when people are sharing about all the things that they've been through, then we might be able to pull things out and apply them to our own lives and see where our shortcomings are, where my shortcomings are, and to be able to kind of look at those places that I might have my blinders on, or maybe I've been unaware of how these things affect other people. So, uh, anyways, that's, that's what, it, what it did for me. Um, as I heard this testimony, I'll get to it in a second, I began uh, thinking, man, I think I have an anger issue. Uh, the reason why I kind of came to that point was, um, you know, I'm a very sarcastic person in my, in my personal life with my friends and my family and, and people around me in the office, and I really enjoy uh, that type of humor. But what I was uh, beginning to understand was that my sarcasm, even though I was enjoying it, not other people weren't enjoying it. And and it was even being um, kind of harmful in some cases. And so um, I heard this testimony and the gentleman who was speaking, um, he said that he came to understand that his sarcasm could be abusive and this was the, the kind of just radical explanation that I needed to, to, to gain a new perspective about something that I was struggling with. So as I began to wrestle with this idea that um, maybe people just didn't enjoy my sarcasm, but maybe sometimes my sarcasm could be abusive to other people. Because this allowed me to see it in a new light like it like it was something that definitely deserved my attention and something that definitely deserved the 12 steps to be applied to it. And so as I was uh, working through that and and uh, applying steps one, two and three, um, seeing how my life is unmanageable and and, and trying to apply those things to um, this idea of sarcasm um, in the same way that I had with drugs and alcohol. So this is a slow process. In the beginning, I'm just trying to learn about what this looks like in my life and how it affects other people. And as I was moving along, I came to this conclusion that I believed that the way, the reason I was acting out in this way, and this isn't to say sarcasm is inherently evil. It's, it's not an attack on sarcasm. But I was noticing that it was having... Uh, adverse respect uh, uh, effects you might say. And so I was beginning to see that maybe the reason that I was acting uh, sarcastic in certain circumstances was because I didn't like the way a situation had happened and anger began to well up in me. And because for some reason I had a boundary that wouldn't allow me to maybe yell at somebody, um, instead I would act out in sarcasm. And a lot of times, you know, my sarcasm would kind of have little digs and and probably usually make people feel a, a little less than. And so as I began to continue to explore that and see what, what that meant uh, for me, um, I kind of began to go in a different direction. Um, I started to address anger in my life and I was, I was looking at what that meant for me again, like I said. And... I started to see that, well, it just wasn't really adding up. You know, I, I surrendered and, and was was working through that, um, but it didn't really seem to um, affect the way that 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 sarcastic kind of uh, way of thinking would, would pop up. And so I said, okay, well, maybe I need to, to look at this in a different view. So I went back and, and started looking more about you know, what What does it look like? What are the circumstances, the situations uh, look like that lead me into this and uh, to, to try to figure out what it is that I need to uh, work on inside of my life to deal with this issue that I'm having. And um, to kind of spare uh, all of the excruciating details, what ended up happening is I got to a point to where I had an understanding that the character defect that was Prompting me to act out sarcastically was actually pride. Now, this is, uh, once I kind of had this realization, um, it was just kind of like the first layer of the onion. Um, You know, uh, it it seems a little silly now to look back at why uh, sarcasm led me to um, revealing this character defect that I was struggling with, um, because really, I just really thought that I was funny, you know. It wasn't. In, it wasn't that I was intending to hurt people's feelings. Um, it was just that I would go uh, to whatever length that I felt like I needed to go to in order to be funny, and um, that was something that was welling up inside of my pride. I had to be funny because I felt like I was, and I needed to meet that expectation inside of myself. And so as I continued to explore that and, and work through that, um, more was revealed to me, as they say in the program. Um, and I just want to say, uh, like I said before, you know, this doesn't make sarcasm inherently evil. This was just something that led me to the place of understanding one of my other character defects. And um, as a kind of added bonus, you know, as I was working through this and, and uh, began to kind of get a handle on um, my uh, sarcasm. One of the things that that I did with a friend um, that we recommend in the program is with accountability partners is having people that will hold you accountable in that area, and that's what I did uh, with my sarcasm. Now, the thing that's a little bit different than uh, uh, what I would do with say drugs and alcohol. Um, my accountability partner for my uh, sarcasm is actually kind of uh, my go-to person to be able to be sarcastic with. We've given each other um, the uh, right to kind of just be sarcastic with each other and to uh, use that kind of humor towards each other. And that is one of the ways that we kind of uh, help keep each other in check in order that we don't act out uh, in ways that would hurt other people, uh, but can still enjoy that type of humor that is enjoyable for us. So uh, that's just a little sidebar. Um, but getting back to pride and what was interesting about the way that I arrived at that understanding was, uh, for so long I had this this idea or way of thinking about pride that was like. Um, like kind of a person that was just so full of themselves, that thought so highly of themselves and um, was very flamboyant about it, you know, that would constantly tell people how much better than they are than other people and um, would just make it very public uh, that they might think of themselves higher than another person. Um, And that wasn't me. That wasn't the way that I had at least felt like I acted. I wouldn't uh, and in fact, I, I struggled a lot of times with my own self-image and the way that people viewed me. Um, and so I didn't think that pride was an issue I had, but what I came to understand about the pride that I struggle with is it's an internal pride. I have an idea about who I believe I should be. This is an expectation of who I me personally not anybody else but who I expect myself to be and so at any time that I wouldn't uh, uh, measure up to my own expectations of myself then I would begin to act out in various ways like sarcasm and sometimes anger and, and in other types of ways but at the root of this was pride and it wasn't how I had initially thought about it it was an internal pride and insecurity Uh, that was um, being uh, kind of fueled by an unrealistic expectation of myself. And any time I wouldn't uh, measure up to that, um, then again, like I said, I would uh, act out in various types of ways. So now that I had identified this character defect, then I could begin uh, using this to uh, work through the program, to take it through the steps, to be able to surrender it, to be able to... uh, just discover more about what this meant for me and to work my way uh, through uh, the program with that. Now, as kind of a a sidebar again here, um, this is what I kind of wanted to uh, use to make the distinction between uh, sobriety and recovery. Uh, In Alcoholics Anonymous, a lot of times you'll hear uh, people who might be in the, the sobriety category, they might um, end up in what we would call uh, a dry drunk. Um, and this is the idea that um, I'm not using, I'm not drinking anymore, but nothing has changed within me. I'm still emotionally vacant, uh, relationally, uh, everything. Uh, I, I'm still not um, comfortable in my relationships. And, and I haven't uh, had that, that peace and that serenity in those areas and in most other areas of my life. And this is uh, kind of the difference between sobriety and recovery. Uh, sobriety is basically just the absence of any mind, mood, mind or mood-altering substances. Uh, but recovery is so much more than that. Recovery is attacking anything that gets in the way of me being able to live out my full potential in Christ Jesus. And so, when it comes to recovery. I can't just abstain from the things, uh, that might've brought me into the room, but I, I need to look at all of the things, uh, that is having an adverse effect in my life. And, and that's what I was doing with, with pride. And that's what I've continued to do in, in a lot of other areas in my life. And and this is the beautiful thing about Celebrate Recovery is that I came into the room expecting, uh, to just get sober. And I had no idea that through working these, these simple steps that I could experience a life that was so much greater uh, than I would ever ask for, than I ever expected. And God continues to show me things that are difficult uh, that I would rather not deal with inside of my life. Uh, but through working these steps, I've come to understand that if I'm willing to work on those things. I'm willing to go through the recovery process with any hurt, habit, or hang up that comes my way, then God will use it to his glory. I won't have to struggle with it anymore. I won't have to uh, uh, be affected in a, in a negative way by that anymore. It doesn't mean it will be completely absent from my life. Um, God uh, may choose to completely re- remove it, Uh, But more than likely, he's going to turn it around. He's going to change it from a character defect into something that's positive, uh, an effective characteristic that he can use in order to reach more people who might be struggling in that area or areas that are similar. And so uh, that's just, again, another little bit of my own testimony uh, in hopes that um, for those of you who are listening um, and you're just trying to, to quit using drugs and alcohol, I want to encourage you, um, yes, absolutely focus on the thing, the, the main thing right now, uh, but don't be naive to think that that's where the, the program stops. And also for those of you who are listening, who's, who sometimes you might tell yourself, well, I don't struggle with drugs and alcohol, and so, well, this, this program doesn't really feel right for me. And uh, that's why I share this part of my program because I know that if I wasn't willing to work on uh, my pride or my anger or any other character defects that I'm struggling with, then it will lead me back to using drugs and alcohol. So you might not be in that position right now, and you're but you're experiencing some some past hurts or resentments from things that have happened when you were young or even recently, or or maybe you're just uh, struggling with some character defects that. Um, you've developed over a long time, maybe just um, uh, trying to cope with things. Um, if if we are unwilling to work on those things, they don't get better on themselves. They ultimately will degenerate into uh, worse and worse coping mechanisms. And that is uh, the story for every single person that I've met. I, I, I hear it all the time. Um, and it certainly is my story, too. It's just one little uh, mistake after another that leads me into a place that I never thought that I was going to be. And so, um, I encourage you guys to, to take every single hurt habit and hang up, uh, before God and into the program and work through it because it will be beneficial. Uh, now, uh, right now at our Celebrate Recovery, we've been talking about step four, which of course we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Uh, So every time we have a testimony talk, I just want to talk about a little bit uh, with what we're talking about in our group and uh, just ask our testimony uh, talkers to share how this step has specifically affected them. And uh, for me, this step four uh, was very different than how I take my sponsees through step four. This was something that I gradually chipped away at over uh, a couple of years, actually. The first time I uh, took my step four, I went through, uh, and kind of made a, uh, just a very generalized, uh, inventory of myself. And then the next time I did a l- little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. And ultimately I got to the place where I had, uh, worked through, uh, just about everything from my past and, uh, got to a point to where I could then, uh, just take a daily inventory as we got to the, to the end of the steps here. Um, and to be able to just work through the things uh, that kind of come up over time. Um, so that being said, uh, no matter how it is that you work through this step four um, isn't necessarily important um, the the important thing is is that uh, we take it with a sponsor. So um, if I was to sit down and, and work through the step four by myself, chances are um, it, at least for me the things that came up on my step four are very, Um, aggravating for me. They're not things that I would want to uh, admit about myself. And if I didn't have somebody to kind of uh, work through this with and and to get advice and to get um, encouragement to continue pushing on through this, then I would not have done it. And so it's so important. Uh, it, It was important for me to have a sponsor as I was working through it. And I would encourage each one of you, please do not try to take a step forward by yourself. It can be very, very damaging uh, to your recovery. Um, So uh, to just kind of wrap up here, um, kind of like I I had already mentioned, um, but we we wrap this up here uh, with what we might tell a newcomer, someone who is just checking out the program for themselves. Um, Please, please, please do not try to work through this program by yourself if you are a newcomer just jumping in and you heard about uh, the program and you're and you're wanting to check it out keep coming back listen keep your mouth shut and just find out what the benefits are what's the potential of this program and listen 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 until you are ready to get a sponsor and then you can begin going through the steps this is the way the program works the best I know that you're probably going to experience people who have maybe done things a little bit differently. Um, To that, I would say that God uh, can work in whatever way that he sees fit. Uh, But I would certainly caution you to come, observe, listen, get a sponsor, and then start your steps. Now, if you're going to meetings where uh, you, you can't find a sponsor, you don't like anybody there, go to more meetings and just ask as many people as you possibly can and uh, just do whatever you can in order to get a sponsor. That's that's going to be uh, my uh, advice for, for those of you who are newcomers checking us out. Uh, for those of you, again, like I said before, who are just checking the program to see if it is something that is a good fit for you, man, I would just encourage you just get involved. Just, just try it out. Um, it might not be for you, but the best way to find out is if you just try it out. And uh, I know for certain uh, that it's not going to do any damage. And so come and give it a try and and see what it's like for yourself. And um, I'm almost certain that if you're willing to take an honest look at your own life and uh, honest look at the program, that you will find out. Uh, that this program is for every single person on the face of the earth. So thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. I can't wait to see you guys. I would love to hear from you if you want to shoot me an email or a voice message on Anchor. Uh, But until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to a testimony talk. I hope that you take what we talk about here and have conversations with others. The things that we talk about on here are meant to start conversations, not end them. So I pray that you would talk with someone about what you heard here today and that you would look for ways to be a light in your own community. If you're struggling to find community and people to talk with, then please send an email to recovery at palmvalley.org and I will personally get you connected with a volunteer from Celebrate Recovery. Nothing changes the fact that we need each other, even if that means that we have to find new and creative ways to do so. You can also send me encouraging messages, comments, or concerns to that same email, recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. I love you all, and I hope to see you soon.